Sorry about that. Hello and welcome to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. Today is the 31st episode of this show where we play international music from students all around the world. So far we've gone to countries like Nigeria, Ukraine, and Lebanon, but today we're staying a little bit closer to home. However, we will cross a border to talk about the place where I come from. That's Vermont, USA. So we're going to take a little break from our regular programming to talk about a place that's near and dear to my heart. And to do so, I've gotten many, many different interviews of people from Vermont. We've got a whole cast of characters ranging from a comedian, one of my neighbors, a DJ, and a cousin of mine who is also a musician. And I ask all of them various questions. But one question that comes up is, what does Vermont mean to you? What is the essence of this state? called Vermont. It's one of the smallest states in the whole union. Its governor is a NASCAR driver, and it's helped bring someone to the national stage whose name is Bernie Sanders. So before we get into this love letter from where I came from, we're going to play the state song of Vermont. These green hills and silver waters are my home they belong to me and to all of her sons and daughters may they be strong and forever That song is very nostalgic for me, and we used to sing it in school, almost like the Pledge of Allegiance. But Vermont has a lot more to offer. Check out this next song from my cousin, Kalmia Traver, and her band, Rubble Bucket.
Welcome to Tracks from Abroad. Thank you so much for having me, Jesse. Absolutely. Let's talk about your your musical acts. So you have two main ones. What are you working on now? Right now, well, my two main acts are Cowbells and Rubble Bucket. And I'm working on both of them right now. We're with Rubble Bucket, we're at, we're really deep into the final stages of of finishing our new album. The and then with Cowbells, we've been we released an album. Um, in 2021 called Max Heart. Yeah. So those are what's, that's the, the two pots that are simmering on yeah. the stove, the wood okay. stove. Well, to start from the very beginning, I'm going to ask you what attracted you to become a musician and to learn about music? Ah, <sighs> well, I rem- have really early memories of being at my dad's band practices when he had this group called the Wilder Singers. And that was named after Wilder, Vermont, which is a really really tiny town right like kind of just right down the river from us and i'm trying to remember because there's definitely a few i like have these memories of being in wilder and like running around the yard barefoot and just singing like everywhere yeah i mean we had a really musical upbringing as you know since we're family we you know we always sing when we're together and in our smaller nuclear family we always sang around the dinner table every night and our parents sang us lullabies and harmonized and it just really was woven in from an early age and became a joy early on. I play sax, I sing, I I'm I'm love I'm a keyboardist. Um I play a little bit of penny whistle. So you went to UVM in Vermont and did you take a music program when you were there? Yeah, I started without any major and by and I met yeah, Alex, my bandmate in Rubble Bucket, we met like day one and I just kind of got sucked in to the music program. It was really hard to grant myself that I could focus on music because it just felt like, you know, the whole society is saying that can't be, you know, that you can't really have a career in the arts and you shouldn't try. And I'm glad that I have the had the empowerment of my friends and community to just say, yeah, why not? Just go for it. See mm-hmm. what happens. <laughs> is Do you think Burlington is a pretty musical city? 
Oh man. I think, you know, when we've toured abroad a little bit, I remember going and playing in Montreal, playing shows in Montreal. And it always felt, this is similar to Burlington. It's like, those are two cities that have such a rich local music scene that you'll play and all these people will come out of the woodwork like, ah, like voraciously, they don't get any music and they need to come hear whoever's in town. And with Burlington, it's like, there's just so much going on constantly. And I felt the same thing in Montreal. It's like walking into a space that already has like a very rich, fertile ecosystem. Maybe somebody has never been to Vermont or doesn't really know what Vermont looks like. How would you describe Vermont? The first thing that I think about is white pine trees. Yeah, I don't know why crows and white pines and lichen and oak trees. And um, I've been making, I've been getting more and more really into tree identification during COVID. Really? Um, I'm definitely not that good at it, but my, my parents are really good at it. So yeah, I think about delicious cheese and my friend Jordy, who has got Jordy and Emery and Crosby and Franny who have their dairy farm up in East Walden. I'm going to I'm going to run with that from the dairy theme. You have a band called Cowbells. So how do these these aspects of Vermont influence your sound? The the Appalachian sounds and like and it's like really uh, just so melodic. Like it's almost like the melodies are the groove. I yeah, I, I feel like what I've when I'm writing Cowbells music, I get I can get so I could just like create melodies endlessly forever that just change and kind of be through composed and I think that both of the Cowbells albums are a pretty good like example of that. Well Cal right now you are in Vermont I would just want to ask what does Vermont look like today? Huge snowstorm a few days ago and then there's another one just yesterday so it's just like very we went on the eight mile cross-country ski and it was I was super sore yesterday. Yeah. Little editor's note this was recorded during the winter time not recently. I love sledding and I love uh, just hiking. I love like winter hikes up mountains with wearing micro spikes mm-hmm. and like tons of layers. And then when you get to the top, it's like, ah, so it's like Arctic tundra and it's so fun. And I love like, you know, sitting around the fire and having hot cocoa. Me That's too. a classic. Yeah. And popcorn. Mm-hmm. I, I always think that, first of all, the house that you live in is so cozy and I associate it very much with Thanksgiving. And then just just cozy blankets and pillows, and I love that area very much. It's nice to, I think that Vermonters are really good at being cozy. And then sometimes I feel like that can translate to like, it can be hard to be social, especially during winter. So when people do socialize, it's like lots of stuff and it like turns into a sleepover and like you have to go really hard in these like condensed pockets of hanging out and then you're more isolated. In between. <laughs> well, Cal, wrapping up here, um, Are there any final words we can say about Vermont, the music of Vermont, the magic of being able to live and just look at Vermont? From my awareness, it's always been a place of kind of like radical healing. (laughs) There are so many people here who are respecting each other and ourselves and the land. And I feel like that's why I keep coming back to Vermont is to find and just explore and be yoke myself with those pockets of people Mm -hmm. and non-human people <laughs> like crows just like the crows and the cows cal traver of rubble bucket and of cowbells thank you so much for coming on tracks from abroad thank you so much for having me i lit a fire with the love you left behind and it burned wild and crept up the mountain
song was stars right here on tracks from abroad by grace potter in the nocturnals that was on so many radio stations when it came out back in 2012 and the artist grace potter went to my school my high school called harwood so we're going to talk to one of the students that used to go to harwood this is my classmate my neighbor jackson greenleaf and we're going to talk about all things vermont here is jackson on tracks from abroad jackson how are you I'm doing well. How are you? I'm pretty good. So I'm over in Toronto. You're back in Vermont. Yeah, so I go to St. Michael's College. It's a very pretty campus. It's like a tiny uh, liberal arts university. Well, you and I both grew up in Waterbury Center. Very distinct. Let's not get it twisted, mixed up with Waterbury. Waterbury Center, completely different. No, I mean, they're, they're pretty much the same, just beside each other. Um, but you and I grew up on Loomis Hill. How do we dis- how can we describe Loomis Hill, the cows? I would describe like if you go home like to your house, there's not a lot of 
outside noise that's gonna disrupt you. The scenery is really amazing. That's kind of what it's known for in Vermont. The fall foliage is really famous. You know a lot of people that you see around and it's not overly populated. I think it's the second uh, least populated state in the U.S. So it, it's definitely like a good place to just relax and reset. And, yeah, and- I, I really like that your mom will take your dog Boomer just for a walk, like immediately from outside your house. Because in Toronto, there's not a lot of space for sort of outdoor exploration, but you guys can just walk anywhere into the woods. You have trails, right? Yeah, we do. Behind our house. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Vermont music. You grew up playing music. My parents kind of wanted us all, like I have two siblings, and they kind of wanted us all to get into music. Um, So my sister played the violin, and my brother uh, plays guitar. He still does. He's studying jazz guitar at school. And then in my case, um, I played piano, mostly focused in classical piano for like uh, from kindergarten uh, up through middle school, and then I dropped off a bit in high school. Well, we, we went to a high school called Harwood, and uh, music played a pretty big role at Harwood, right? Definitely. I think I think there were three teachers in the music department, and they all were like really renowned for being really good at what they do. What do you know about Grace Potter, who is a very successful Vermont musician who actually went to Harwood like we did? I know... One of our family friends graduated with Grace. She's like a local celebrity. Like there was some one day, I don't know if you remember that she came to Harwood, like kind of surprisingly. She was like winning some award or something. And she like played some songs. It was, it was pretty cool at one of the assemblies, actually. Like someone that you hear on the radio mm-hmm. and just be like, oh, they grew up like right around where we did. And they've been to a lot of the same places kind of an interesting thing to think about that is amazing i remember it it was actually really interesting we went to one show that was at uh the montpelier like fine arts college (laughs) yeah right it was like this kind of wild punk show with this band called rough francis i mean the crowd didn't necessarily lend themselves to being like punkers but as the night went on i guess we got into it but you and i had never been to a show quite like that right yeah yeah uh and to give you an idea, I feel like this connects back to, like, there's, like, a local record store uh, called Bookspieler. One of the guys that runs Bookspieler was there, like, the local guy that runs a record store. And it's kind of cool. Like, the music community in Vermont is very tight-knit because it's so small and, like, everyone kind of knows each other. And that's kind of an example of that right there. As we wrap up, uh, can we say anything else about Vermont, the magic of Vermont? It's definitely a good place to be if you want to get away from the city a little bit if if you live in toronto which i assume a lot of listeners do and like we don't really have a city in vermont i think the biggest city is like burlington and it's something like forty-five thousand people so it's definitely a cool place to just like just like enjoy nature as well like it, there's big uh mountains so there's big like hiking and skiing and that kind of thing so it's great for that it's definitely i as we talked about as well Pretty like I'm very thankful that I grew up here. I think it uh, gives you like a cool perspective on home. Jackson, thank you so much for coming on Tracks from Abroad. Of course, thank you for having me.
That song was Panthers in the Night by Rough Francis of Burlington, Vermont. That was the first punk show that Jackson and I ever went to, as he said in that interview. But we're going to dig deeper into the city of Burlington, an immense metropolitan center of around 40,000 people. And we're going to talk to Ben Roth. He goes to the University of Vermont, which is in Burlington, and he works for WRUV. This guy's got an extensive knowledge of all the music in Vermont. So please welcome to Tracks from Abroad, Ben Roth. Here he is talking about the radio station. The college radio thing was something I found super exciting, and WRUV seemed like the right place to get going on that. So Mm-hmm. That was certainly a, a contributing factor in my decision. That's and awesome. I mean, I just like Vermont a lot. I have some family here. It's a very special state, I have to say. Rolling hills and mountains. It is Green Mountain State. That is what Vermont translates to from French. I'm in Burlington, uh, which is the biggest city in Vermont. And it is by far the smallest, biggest city that is in any uh, state in the U.S., the thing that stands out to me the most about Burlington, uh, coming from a uh, radio perspective, someone who's plugged into the music scene, is that we have a really disproportionately large and vibrant music scene for the size of the city. Like you'd expect, like a city the size of Boston, maybe to have a music scene like the one we have in Burlington, but we have. But a population, a permanent population of less than 40,000 people. So it's really kind of nuts. So some of those artists, who are the well-known artists who have come out of either Burlington or Vermont in general? And then we'll get into some of the newer artists that are coming up. The most obvious one would be uh, Fish, <laughs> who formed at UVM in the uh, 80s. I, they performed on, on our uh, WRUV Exposure radio show uh, back then, which is uh, the show I currently run. So I think that's kind of cool. Uh, more, Someone more recently, you had uh, Grace Potter. I guess the current big Vermont jam band would be Twiddle. Uh, in the mid-2000s, mid to late 2000s, we had a particularly excellent uh, punk rock band formed uh, called Rough Francis. Uh, who I think are getting some well-deserved uh, national attention. Noted professional skater Tony Hawk being a huge fan. Those are just a few examples that come to mind when I think about great Vermont music. Well, Ben, thank you very much for talking with us today on Tracks from Abroad. All right, good to talk to you.
That song was Character Zero by Fish. And if you want to see a funny video, search uh, Channel 5. This is Andrew Callahan's Channel 5 on YouTube. Fish Show Channel 5. That is one for the ages. Uh, we're going to play a few more songs before we get into the next interview. Uh, the next song is By My Side by Cat Wright. And then we're going to play an artist called Landlady. This is an up-and-coming artist in Vermont, recommended by Cal Traver of Rubble Bucket. And I actually think my cousin Cal said she might actually personally know this artist, Landlady. And that's just how it goes in Vermont. It's a small state. But first, here is Cat Wright on Tracks from Abroad.
I got electric skin on my abdomen. You feel the fire fight, but you won't begin. Loosen rip by rip, sucking oxygen. You feel your heartbeat once, there it goes again.
Welcome back to Tracks from Abroad. You just heard some music from Vermont, and if you're just joining us, you might think, Vermont isn't a country? Well, I'm from Vermont, and so this week is, uh, we've finished 30 episodes, this is the 31st, and sort of taking a break here to to focus on a very small state where I'm from, it's Vermont. But Vermont still has a lot of good music, and another thing that we have is theater and comedy. So the next person we're going to hear from is named Rusty DeWeese, and he does a comedy show, which is called The Logger. The Logger as in, you know, logging, cutting down trees, because uh, his, his whole shtick is that uh, he's really down to earth and he's, uh, well, you'll hear him. You'll hear him anyway. So the reason I wanted to include Rusty on the show is that I went to one of his comedy sets. He came to my town and I sat in the front row and then the next day I called him up. And Rusty also plays guitar and he he does have a musical side as well. What I'm not going to be able to include is any jokes from this guy just because he doesn't really do one-liners. He does more of a long-form thing and I've only got an hour here on the air to uh, to do my thing. So here's Rusty DeWeese on Tracks from Abroad. Here he is right now talking about his comedy circuit. Uh, so take a listen. Normally, the summers when I would not have done many shows throughout my time of doing this type of presentation because the summer people are doing, you know, getting creamies and barbecues. And who wants to be, especially in Vermont, when you have about two and a half months, wants to be inside a theater at 7.30 on a beautiful uh, Saturday night. So, yeah, it's winter. This is the end of a winter spring tour. Tonight is the end of it. It is, though. It's been growing the last five or six or seven or let's say up to ten years. When I first started, I, it was I, what I did is a sort of a theater show. I didn't break the fourth wall. I was totally, there was an arc to the story. You, you evolve and you go where your creativity wants to wants to take you, unless you're managed by someone. Now, Rusty, I live across the road from somebody I think you know, which is George Woodard, a dairy farmer and theatrical fellow filmmaker here in uh, Waterbury Center. And it sounds like you and George came to theater in a very similar way, which is through high school plays. And so so tell me about that. What was your first play that you were in? Uh, you're right. Of course, I'm very, well, George and I are very, very close. But my first play that I was in was uh, Peter Pan when I was eight. But the first one I did was a play called Finian's Rainbow. And I played one of the lead characters. I played a leprechaun who becomes mortal throughout the play. Hmm. So I really fell in love with theater in my 20s. Yeah. Uh, living in living in Burlington, pumping gas, doing straight plays at night. And then I uh, moved to New York City when I was 29. That's the, that's the short version of it. That's the whole yeah. That's the whole thing. And then I got into acting, TV, movies, and everything. Yeah. Right. Now, somebody that you met while you were in New York in the, uh, the movie scene was Meatloaf, which I found to be pretty interesting. Now, Meatloaf recently passed away, but he gave you some advice, and it sounds like the advice he gave you really contributed to the logger act that you do now. I were in Black Dog, which was a truck driving movie, ironically. Patrick Swayze, Randy Travis, the country star. And uh, yeah, me, I was his right hand man in the movie. I, so I was writing the logger. If this thing hits, and I do every aspect of it, literally sweep the floor. I'm not sweeping the floor last night because, you know, those, those people present me a little bit. And uh, put the posters up in the grand unions in the towns and go to the high schools, but, you know, put myself in the high school the week before so all the high school kids see me and they go home and tell their parents. If I do all of that, I have I have a full-time job. But high school started to reach out to me because uh, all the teachers had the videos and the, the 
boys in the schools. Maybe some of the girls were going around quoting me and everything. It was a big, big thing. So the high school said, well, have Rusty Louise come in here. They found out. I let it out in the press that I'm straight. I don't, I'll call, you know, I didn't drink. That was a good part of the business. And, yeah, I would do two or three graduations. I thought, I've done Harwood graduation speech three times. Yeah, and I'll mention that I did go to Harwood, and I uh, I heard from a friend last night at just a, a barbecue that you gave out not the valedictorian, but the dumbedictorian award. I do that at these speeches sometimes, and that make, make, makes a point. I get the kid up there, and I say, you know, all these people out here in the class and also in the audience got better grades than you. Let me tell you, if you're interested and you're dedicated and, and you find something that you want to do, a lot of those people will be working for you, you know. Mm-hmm. So it makes a point. It's also funny, you know. Yeah. It's also what I try to do a little bit last night's show, which is to say, don't judge anybody. Don't judge rich people. Do we go through life the freaking custodian that just retired after 45 years in the elementary school in Greensboro who ain't getting shit. You know, it's just the way we are as a society. So that's what I try to say with that little So what what I'm hearing from you is that, um, you know, you're, you're interested in the humbleness of Vermont and the sort of being modest, you know, not taking yourself too seriously. So sometimes you will perform on a Mack truck that's like your stage. And that seems to me like a pretty good image to describe uh, just being modest in Vermont. You can really, uh, you know, make your stage out of anything. Yeah, that was because, you know, yes, yes. I'll get my CDL. I like trucks. I drove trucks when I was a kid. And uh, I'll buy a Mack truck, a real truck, and I'll put a flatbed on it, 17 and a half feet. Mm-hmm. And I'll book myself around in little town greens. And people will come out to see it. And I'll do it the low-key way. Mm-hmm. It's so low-key that no credit card, no tickets mailed. When you come, I have a cookie jar duct taped at the end of the the, the, the trailer, the flatbed. You just come put your $20 in. What is the nature of Vermont, this authentic place? What is your sense of Vermont? Why are you still here? It's because of the, it's because of the number of humans here. It's a low number. That's that's why. Now, if you want to break it down for your folks in Toronto who haven't been here, I mean, I just think, like I said, smaller towns, small schools, small roads gives me more of a. It's more. It's easier to to um, commune with literally anyone in that theater last night. Most anyone, or many of them could have chatted if there was an intermission. And and it's easy for them to go, well, well, geez, where do you live? Well, I live in Maple Street, you know, 1300. Well, we live in 19, we live up at Loomis Hill. Oh, you do? Yeah, we're having a kickoff there, bonfire here Tuesday. Well, why don't you walk on up? Okay, we will. You know, it's just, it's easier than in goddamn Schenectady. Well, Rusty Deweese, thank you very much for coming on the show and talking to me. I loved seeing your show last night. Thanks, man. Well, today on Tracks from Abroad, we are taking a step back to focus on the small state of Vermont, which is where I come from. And one music genre in Vermont that's very prevalent is folk music. And a lot of those inspirations in folk music come from Montreal and southern Quebec. So we're going to play a song right now by Alexander Zelkin. It's a folk song called Les Raffs Men. Boom, 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 boom,
So as I was looking for some Canadian music to play on this episode about Vermont, I came across an article that came from Randolph, Vermont, and they named a certain band. This was actually a music festival, and they said this band is internationally known Quebec supergroup Le Vien du Nord. So we're going to play some music from them right here on Tracks from Abroad.
prise par sa main blanche au chardin de Conti. Adieu du village, ma tondaine, adieu mamie, je m'en vais. This is Jesse McDougall on Tracks from Abroad. We are coming to the end of this show, which I chose to focus on the place where I'm from. That's Vermont, a very small state in the Northeast. If you've never been there, it's not too far from Toronto, and I'm actually going to go down to Vermont next week. Uh, my cousin is getting married, and I'm going to see my parents and our dog and all this kind of stuff, and my girlfriend's going to come with me. So I was describing to her, you know, what she's going to see. You know, she's actually never been to the United States. So I'm saying there's mountains, there's cows, and I'm actually going to introduce her to, to a lot of the things you've been you've been hearing today. And I just have one story before we play this last song, which you're really going to enjoy. I'm just going to say that. But the story I have, um, it happened a few years ago. Um, I had actually come back from overseas, I believe. And uh, so there I was in Vermont. And my mom said, uh, why don't you go out to get some sugar from the grocery store? She was making a blueberry pie is something we, we love to make. So I went out to the grocery store and I forgot my wallet. But here's the key to the story was that in Vermont, it's such a tight-knit community that I was so confident that I would walk into that store on any given day and I would know somebody who is absolutely willing to buy that sugar for me. And it was true. I walked in and I saw, firstly, I saw my uh, track coach at the time. And then uh, I think I saw my math teacher and then I saw my neighbor. And it was my neighbor who agreed to to uh, purchase that sugar for me. And I went right back home and then just walked across and, and you know, paid them back for it. So that's really the essence of Vermont to me. And uh, this next guy represents the essence of Vermont for a lot of people 
That's Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is in this next song with Thurston Moore of Sonic Youth. And Bernie Sanders is a U.S. senator, but he's also been a local politician uh, on, a, on a smaller scale in Vermont, but affected a lot of change in that city you heard about, Burlington. I've met Bernie Sanders as well. So let's play this song, uh, Feel It In Your Guts is the name of the song, with Thurston Moore and Bernie Sanders. And thank you very much for listening to me uh, go on and on about this place called Vermont. I hope you learned a little bit about it. You have to think about it and you have to feel it in your guts. I believe from the bottom of my heart that it is vitally important for those of us who hold different views to be able to engage in a civil discourse. It is easy to go out and talk to people who agree with you, but it is harder, but not less important for us to try and communicate with those who do not agree with us on every issue. wealthiest country in the history of the world. We are living at a time where a handful of people have wealth beyond comprehension, enough to support their families for thousands of years, with huge yachts and jet planes and tens of billions of dollars, more money than they would ever know what to do with. But at that very same moment, there are millions of people in our country, let alone the rest of the world, who are struggling to feed their families. They are struggling to put a roof over their heads. And some of them are sleeping out on the streets. They are struggling to find money in order to go to a doctor when they are sick. People should not be dying in the United States of America when they are sick. The poor, the wretched, they have a right to go to a doctor when they are sick. I agree with Pope Francis when he says, and I quote, we have created new idols the worship of the ancient golden calf has returned in a new and ruthless guise. In the idolatry of money and the dictatorship of an impersonal economy lacking a truly human purpose. End of quote. We are living in a nation and in a world which worships not love of brothers and sisters, not love of the poor and the sick, but worships the acquisition of money and great wealth. I do not believe that is the country we should be living in.
There is no justice when so few have so much and so many have so little. Money and wealth should serve the people. The people should not have to serve money and wealth. Thank you all very much.